Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Grow the show if you know for Joe and Tom for everyone. Oh, spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla's show? Joe Marla's show. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marla. Tom. Tom. <laughs> Fucking hell! That was good. I'm not going from the top. No, you don't have to. You just did the Joe Marla bit. Hello. Oh, fuck you it. Don't need to, you don't need to do the whole thing. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, stop waving at me. <laughs> ah, stop! Stop! No more. Ah! Come on, I'm Joe Marla. No, I'm shouting now. Welcome to the Crystal Maze. Oh. Right, let's get on with it, mate. I'm Joe Marla. I'm Tom Fordyce, and I've got a question for you, Joe, as always. Would you rather be an international rugby player or a voiceover artist? Was that your attempt at a voiceover artist? A little bit. I think you can do better. Are you excited for this one, by the way? I am buzzing because I've listened to this guy. He is... Oh, good. Quite erotic. I wouldn't use erotic. I would use sexy. I listened to him on the Death of a Rockstar podcast about Otis Redding and... Even thinking about it now, I want to change the way I'm talking. Get closer to the mic. I want people to hear the emotion in my voice when I'm talking. And this guy really made me connect. You're just going quiet. Am I? Yes. I'm not very good at this. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he can give me some tips. Because I've always felt that I've got quite an annoying shriek in me. I'd say most of the people I play against dislike me intensely. And a lot of that comes from the sledging and the sort of annoying Sussex twang that I have. And I'm hoping that the gent we've got on today can help me really change it up a bit. You know, like the X Factor man. Welcome. Well, or or like uh, Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Action! You shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian. That was quite a good impression. That was decent. For a moment, I thought it was Brian Blessed, but it wasn't. (laughs) He's also got a good voice, so I'll take that as a semi-compliment. What questions do we want to ask the voiceover? Well, this is a thing, isn't it? We can't get him on here to just go, read this, would you, mate? That's insulting to him, isn't it? it, He's a human being. He's not just a machine. He's not. So... I don't know, let's just let's, let's roll with it. I'm excited to meet him in person and see the voice, as well as hear the voice. Are you with me? Mm. Do your voiceover. It's time to meet this week's guest. Terrible. Dog shit. Wait, loud or shouty, what do you want? Just not like that. You're like, hello, I'm in a cupboard. But I thought that's what you did. You made it warm. <laughs> Intimate. Joe, let's meet the guest. Uh, 
Our guest today is a voiceover artist. He also presents an excellent podcast called Death of a Sports Star. Here's a clip. You don't forget the day when a man like Kobe Bryant dies. Where you were when you heard, what you felt when you realised it was true, what you thought about when you thought about him. Do what Kobe did on a basketball court and you touch people. You shoot hoops and you walk away, but the film keeps playing. You dunk the ball and the backboard shakes and the vibrations keep travelling. I... Oh, my giddy aunt. I can't... I can't speak. I would like to welcome Elroy Spoonface Powell. And I have—I genuinely haven't done that justice. After we've listened to that, I feel really inadequate, and I shouldn't speak anymore. So, listen, I just appreciate you inviting me to the show. We're going to have a lot of fun. Do you not suddenly become really self-conscious, Joe, about your own voice? Yeah, mine sounds really oh, alive, <laughs> pathetic. I feel really emotional after that, and it's not just because you're talking about Kobe Bryant, which is incredibly sad, but it's the emotion in your voice that you make it. You've got a like. Drop of a hat, haven't you? Did you, Spoon, the thing that interests me was, so for all men, there's a point where your voice breaks. Yeah. If you're lucky, it's a quick break. For, if you're unlucky, there's that weird six... Six-month period when you're not quite sure what's going to come out. Hello, Miss Person. Hello, Miss Person. Hello, Miss Person. Yeah, so at about five months old, I realised. <laughs> <laughs> your cry was like... Mm. Uh, <laughs> um. I want some milk. It's real deep. I can't even do the deep. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't even get anywhere near... Is that the deepest? You can go deep. You know, it's so interesting. I never think about... Because when it's your voice, it's your voice. You don't think about it being deeper or how deep can you go. It's just the way I sound. Can we go as deep as you can go? And it depends on how close you are. Because if you're doing a very intimate discussion with someone and you're in nice and close... And you really want to share how you're feeling. You know, ah! Then you can really drop down if it's appropriate. I think it's important to maintain eye contact, but I'm really struggling to because... You may get pregnant. <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee there will be no babies. <laughs> this is phenomenal. I can just... you teach that, Spoon? So like, Joe has already referenced his, his slightly camp voice. Mine's okay. Is it normal? Can you... I was born in Harlow and and raised in Bishop's Thortford. Where's that? Essex, Hertfordshire-ish. Oh, so you're not Northern at all? No, no. So what's, what's your voice then? Because you're not like Essex either, are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just... Est- am I estuary? Is that the word, Spoon? Estuary? That's no where idea. a river That's is. very interesting. Estuary is the sort of generic term for anyone from the south of England who doesn't sound like they play for Quinns. <clears throat> estuary. Definition here. Here we go. The tidal mouth of a large river where the tide meets the stream. Yeah, right? You're near the River Lee somewhere, though, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I think estuary refers to Thames estuary, to be fair. So it's sort of Essex, Kent. I think that's estuary. Nice. Okay, yeah. we got quite well bypassed that. Yeah. The question originally was, can you teach... Can you teach me and Joe? Us you know, really shit-sounding blokes. See, the thing is, that's a great question. And I also believe it's part of the myth around voice acting and being a voiceover artist because really it's about connecting first and foremost with your natural voice because this whole thing is about authenticity. It's not just about, I'm going to put on this voice and I'm going to be this guy. Now I sound like Tony Robbins. It's all about that thing of, do I believe this person talking to me? So I feel it's so important to let go of 
how deep is it? How, like, what's your voice? Who are you anyway? Why do you feel the way you feel? And why should I believe you? I, t- I can't do this. He's, <laughs> he's mesmerising me, every t- everything. So you, Sam, when you say, oh, do you believe him? That means that you must be really good at telling lies. Maybe. It's all about just saying it how it is, though, right? Just say it how it is. Like, why, are you, why are you lying anyway? Why are you telling me lies? You're obviously afraid about something. It, the root of it is fear, right? I've gone from, I've gone <laughs> from the start of the show where I was like, oh my God, he's made me really sad and really gripped to the story and I just want to hear more from him all the time to he's scaring the life out of me. You're scaring... <laughs> like, why are you t- you've just gone, why are you telling lies? I'm like, I haven't told a lie. Have I told a lie? Have I told a lie? And now I'm questioning everything I've said. People feel if you're going to be a voice actor, you just have to have a great voice. It goes deeper than that. Joe, is there a phrase that you use a lot that it would be nice to have the spoon input on? Can you say, mate, that bloke's a helmet? Look, dude, of course you can. Like, it's late at night, you've been working all day, you've come home, someone's in your parking space. You don't know who it is, but you've gone, that dude's a helmet. <laughs> so good. It's the, but the point is... But the point is, the real. story you added to it as right. well. Take yourself to that place that connects with a real point for you. And it's really that simple. I mean, I'm making it sound simple, but that's really... Yeah, I mean, it is really easy to you because you've got the most sexually attractive voice... Thank you. ...I've ever come across. (laughs) I mean, you even beat the famous Barry White. (laughs) Funny you should say that. (laughs) And why is that funny I should bring up Barry White? No, of course, you know, like, that was the hit we had about 20 years ago now, a cover of You See the Trouble With Me, number one in the charts... There was a lot of drama with this song because originally it was a sample. I remember, yeah. Yeah, it was floating about on a white label around Ibiza and whatnot and they needed someone to revocal it because it was at a time where it wasn't cool to put classic soulful house of people like legends like that with house music in a commercial way. Barry White was not having it. It was like, no. So they needed someone to revocal it. Thankfully, it was the hardest job I've ever done vocally. Was it quite daunting when they were like... We need you to be Barry White, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Barry White, his body's a resonating shape before his voice. So it's, it's, there's so much more happening there. And you're like, fuck that. You want to be Barry White? The Barry White? Listen, from where I came from, I was just like, yo, whatever it takes, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an opportunity here. Let's, I'm let's, let's, it. let's ride this train and see where it goes. And that tune was massive as well. That was massive. What year are we talking? 2000? I remember hearing it. Public Enemy were playing live, who are amazing. But it was that tune, the Black Legend tune, that got everyone going because it had that real quite pounding techno boom, 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 boom. Put your hands together. Come on, come on. There was that kind of vibe, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Just, out, just completely caught me off guard, actually. <laughs> and I did put my hands together because <laughs> you told me to. You officially did. Yeah, I did. And um, it took about five or ten years afterwards to process what happened. And you must find it when you're on tour or when you're doing stuff. You've got so much other stuff to focus on. It's all happening so quickly. It's only afterwards when you're reflecting you get to enjoy the memories, right? Yeah, definitely. I still find that. When you're in the moment, you just get lost in the moment, don't you? Because that's all you're focusing on. And then it's not until five, ten years later you go, wow, I had a really good time then. Or that was actually really shit. Um, Which actually more often than not, people don't believe me, but that is more often than not the case. Do you think that's the biggest achievement that you've had or the, the thing that you look back on and go, wow, I'm proud of that. That's my Everest or that's my pinnacle. You know, for as long as I'm alive, 
I realise there are so many more amazing things to come, so I can't even answer like that. So what, you want me to wait a day before so, so you're wait, due to die wait a day to before ask you I a question? And visit me on my deathbed oh. and ask me that question. Get Bring the microphones. <laughs> okay, I think we can arrange that. No, but the thing is, at the time, of course, it was massive. It was the biggest thing. Like, I grew up on top of the pops. So I would rush home. I think it might have been a Thursday. Thursday night, yeah. Rush home, getting ready to watch this thing and see who the top artists were. And here I was, number one, with dancers. I had dancers. (laughs) Dude, you got dancers? That was your your marker. I got dancers. I got Macy Gray walking around behind the scenes. I got Craig David and All Saints and all kinds of people. You know, it it was crazy. I'm like, wow, okay, this is fun. It was massive. And since then... Star Wars The Force Awakens was a lot of fun doing that and fighting with my family Rock and Stephen Merchant being yeah. involved in so that. just on that that was the film about wrestling wasn't it I got smashed in the nuts with a bowling ball so did that happen yeah I've got balls of steel <laughs> wow and uh, so a voice of an angel and balls of steel a Guinness and a few crunches before each take <laughs> <laughs> The noise that bowling ball makes, though, when it hits your knackers in that film, it does actually sound like you have balls of steel. It's it's not like a soft, fleshy... It's like a... So I didn't have a traditional route to acting, so I started off doing screen combat courses and whatnot, and then... I got asked to be a market trader on EastEnders for a bit. So with uh, with the, the the Star Wars thing, I didn't know what it is I needed to do until on the day. Like, I got told, are you free? Okay, turn up. I turned up and we're walking down this corridor and I see, like, Stormtrooper bits and pictures of, you know. And I'm like, okay, so, so are we... You know, I'm still not quite sure I could ask the question yet yeah. until they get me in the room. It's like, okay, yeah, we're doing Star Wars and we need to measure you for this, this, and this. Like, real. And I was like, Whoa. Why, why the cloak and dagger? Or the what? cloak and uh, lightsabers? Okay. It's such a massive uh, franchise. They don't want to give away anything. You know, we're, we're literally on set with all our uniforms and stuff covered over because people were trying to fly drones no. to try and take images. Darth and Vader. Stuff. There you go. The Force. He well, he he invented the drone. He could just bring one down. They couldn't just raise his hand to the drone. That's what he was trying to do. But yeah. because everyone had like covering over them, wouldn't happen. And wasn't told what they were actually filming. No one knew shit. And then Darth Vader does he die in it? I've only seen one. It's not a spoiler. Say Darth Vader dies. Does he die? Does Darth Vader die? He, he takes his lid off when he says goodbye to Luke. His, his helmet. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> he loves it. He's yeah. Helmet. Do you know that Darth Vader? The bloke who, who was inside the costume was the Green Cross Code Man. But his voice, he was called Dave Prowse, and his voice was West Country. All right, Bab, you're my, you're my son. Where are you to? And where have you been to? And that is the reason why they got James Earl Jones. Amazing. To do his voice. To do Vader, yeah. That's Mufasa, isn't it? Yes. Mufasa. No, no, he's a Simba. He doesn't say his own name. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> He might if he was introduced Mufasa's himself. here. Hello. I know, you're my dad. You don't need to say Mufasa's <laughs> here. Sorry, I digress. Um, uh, one of the questions was, do your mates ask you to say things because you've got an incredible voice? Do your mates just be like, oh, yeah, Spoon, say this for us? Like I'm doing a little bit. I'm fanboying a bit here. Can you say bottle for me? 
bottle. I, you know, but I said it. Fucking hell. If it, see, because the, the thing is, yeah, if you want, I could do your voicemail for you. I do that a lot. You know, my mate's like, yeah, do my voicemail for me, mate. And I was like, yeah, no worries. That is so cool. Touch. But do you get annoyed? Do you get pissed off with it? Look, mate, I'm going to have to charge soon because you're using my time and my talent because I've only got so much voice. You know, I'm rolling with it and I love it. I honestly love doing it so much that I really don't mind. You know what I mean? I love working my voice. I recognise it's one of my gifts. And it's great fun. Is there a preference to the voiceover stuff or the singing or the acting? What's your favourite bit of gig that you go, I'm horny for that? You know, the thing is, right, I got real deep into the music, as you'd imagine. And there's a lot about the industry that I was not in and still not in alignment with, especially when it comes to your well-being. There's so much about it that just depletes you if you're not careful because it's music business is about making money. And so from a creative point of view, when you're making music and you like to write songs and so on, I had to really protect my energy around when I work with people, why I work with them and so on. And it kind of took me down a different route. With the voice acting stuff, it's, it's fun because it's a project that's either about death of a sports star or an artist and so on. And you can really connect with emotion and so on and, and explore different kinds of skills. You, you prefer doing something for the soul of yeah. of doing it as opposed to the bullshit and the baggage that yeah. can come with it, which I feel you on that, mate, especially like in in professional sport. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, mate, you're having a great time out there, aren't you? You know, you get to play sport for a living and you're getting paid to just have fun and, and do your hobby. I was like, well, yeah, that is part of it. And that's essentially why I started doing it and mostly why I still do it. But when it gets to that level and like you said, you get into that world, there's all so much bullshit that you, you're not aligned with or don't want to be aligned with. Or there's actually a lot of people that do want to be aligned with it. And that's fine. But I'm with you on that. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it because I want to be there. That's why I'm really struggling with this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was a joke. That, honestly, that was a joke. I do want to be here, especially because I'm fucking loving getting to know you. It's really good. The whole voicemail thing. Just to go back to that for a second. Yeah, I'll do it for you, mate. Norris. I'm not here right now. Leave your name and your number. Yeah, I'll get back to you. <gasps> See, that's like... Oh! That's like in your ear. You know when you're like lying next to someone? You're like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Can you do like a really aggressive... It gone rain! Leave your message! He's <laughs> 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 fucking scared the life out of me. Oh... Previously, when we were talking about when we first started up this show, we were like, well, what sort of guests do we want to get on? Who do we like? What, what sort of job specs and all this lot? And I was like, what about that voiceover guy in America? And they were like, what voiceover guy? I went, this guy went crazy on YouTube. He was a homeless guy that someone videoed and he had like the most incredible voice, you know, your classic, Rachel Adadeji. Rachel Adadeji. There's a reason why you connect to it in that way, right? So it made it more emotive. So it made it, you then were able to attach something more to it. Fucking, I'm getting into, I'm really Come on. trying to get into yeah. the character of it. Anyway, back to the homeless guy who now, he got picked up, didn't he? Apparently. I haven't followed up in, this in a, in a good way, you, you mean he got picked up? Yeah, not physically. He wasn't picked Someone up didn't just pick him up. Agency. He was picked up by, no, 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 that, by a talent agency. Talent agency. And now he's a big voiceover artist in America, I think. Um, so... <laughs> In a long and short of it, um, do you know him? You know what? I don't know if it's exactly the same guy. Yeah, we'll go with your guy that you might know. No, but there was a guy, I think they refer to him as the Golden Voice or something similar. That is the one. Who was homeless and 
that's the way that he was able to get money from people, right? Because he used to work for radio years ago and had a bad turn. And, yeah. and so I think that story is amazing. Just having another chance at life, right? Wow. Because so you, of the gift that you've been given. And you don't know him? Yeah, he lives next door to me now. Brilliant. <laughs> right, when we talk about voiceover artists, is there a gold standard? So the one that a lot of us think of who watch a lot of sport is Michael Buffer. No, oh, it's yeah. not. Yeah? That's not the one everyone thinks of. Don't they? No. Let's get ready to rumble. No, it's the bloke from Gladiators that everyone thinks of. Oh. You're calling my first whistle. On my first whistle. And contestant number two, you're calling my second whistle. <laughs> what was his name? John Anderson. Yeah. See, that's Brilliant. the gold standard Brilliant. in my eyes, but I'm a peasant when it comes to the voiceover um, yeah, world. So. I agree. Like, there are so many talented actors out there. I have to admit, I don't actually... Uh, put anyone on a pedestal anyway because I just don't do that because they're all below you <laughs> that's fine I get it you're cool you're casual about it you're um, trying to stay humble I get it but you're at the top here and you can't put anyone above you because you're the man as a British I have to respect um, Red Pepper so he's well known in the voiceover world like absolutely yeah what style of voice trailers got? he's got big American style kind of but if I was to, to big anyone up and say yo check him out definitely him because he's just such a nice guy. And actually, uh, I was at the BAFTA Video Game Awards thing and I saw him there and he came up to me and said, hey, Spoon, you know, I wish you all the best with what you're doing, man. And he didn't need to do that. And I always remember that. I'm Touch. Like, yeah, but was that genuine or did he did was he trying to do like Arnie did to Lou Ferrigno that time <laughs> where he went down to breakfast with him and his parents, didn't he? And you you think it's nice. You know, you watch it. Oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, you look at the eggs. You look a little bit, uh, you know, swallowing there, not you know, skinny there. You're, you're, and it completely freaked him out. And Arnie went on to be Miss Universe. Do you think Red Pepper's actually attempted to do that? By you know, no, guess, good luck, Spoon. Yeah, I guess we'll I never know. Mean it. <laughs> we will never know. But well, where's I, I Red Pepper now? You know, he's doing good stuff. No, and, and this is the thing about the industry, though. <laughs> there, there's a lot of space there's enough space but there are some key things that are really important to take on board beyond that you know like you know getting too deep into it no I want you um, to get deep That's well, well, what, your you know, voice has made me get deep you know I often get approached by people asking me can I join your agency what do I need to do and they ask things like what equipment do I need and that's fair enough and of course you need the skills and so on but beyond that are you professional are you going to turn up on time are you going to over deliver for your clients and give them everything they need but at the heart of it get your own clients build your own client base and so have you got that business acumen have you got that thing there that gets you communicating with people building your network with consistency and that's how you're going to make your business grow for you so hang on you've you've got your own agency yeah spoon's voices i absolutely love it spoon's voices yeah so let's just say i'm looking for a new job yeah and i rate my voice yeah i'm like yeah i got something here i think i can do some great work in some commercials but i what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd have to put you through our very stringent tests to ensure that you can deliver in the right way because clients want to know that you can follow instructions well, turn up on time, so not wasting time in the studio and so on. I would need to get a grasp of all of that good stuff. Before. Might struggle with the wasting time bit. Well, I'd say work on that and then we, because you've got the voice, you've got the personality. Do you think you got, I've got the voice? you got a great personality, <laughs> man, and you've got all that history, you know, just like, you think just, so? just, just turn up on time, man. Spoon, I'll be on time. If you say you want me to be somewhere, I'll be there. Was that a good voice, Boone? Because Joe was emotional there. But you see, there's one more test, and that's the bowling ball. (laughs) You bring it. As long as it makes the right sound, the sound that you like, Tom. Yeah. Well, then he's in. I 
I just need to let you on a small secret. I can actually cope with that. I have a party trick that involves my testes <laughs> going inside me. Retreating? Yeah, I can put my testes inside me. So it's doable. I might get a bruised knob <laughs> from the bowling ball, but I'm happy to go down this route of getting the test done. Uh, I'll just, should, yeah, I think my wife wants another one. Another testicle? No, no. Yeah, oh, you're such a shit husband because you haven't got three testicles. <laughs> it's just not enough testicles. No, I meant another child. So maybe after we've had the fourth child, I'll come and interview at Spoonface. Spoon's Voices. Spoon's Voices. The space the testes retreat to. Mm-hmm. Is that occupied ordinarily or is it just a void? Do you ever get one combat down and one still up? So I first discovered it when I was playing uh, rugby um, because I don't know how, well, how much you know about rugby, but in a scrum, the second row puts his arm... In between my legs. Up to the elbow? Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a vet, basically. It's like you're carving. Yeah, have you seen that big blue glove? <laughs> they have to put these big blue gloves on before they start. So it puts it up around and grabs the, the waistband near my belly button. And um, obviously I have to like move everything out because it's massive. And then they push as hard as I can. But sometimes you get caught in awkward positions. And this one time, I can't remember the, the second row that did it, but I got up from this scrum. Really awkward was it, and he'd kind of pulled aggressively towards it. Not 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 in pain, but I was like, "Cool, that's a weird, weird well, that's a weird sensation." I went to run slash plod off, and I felt I was like, "There's something a bit weird going down here." So then I've just gone down double check. I was like, "Shit, where where have they gone? <laughs> oh, they'd gone. They'd va- honestly, there was a panic. I went, oh. "Where have they gone? What's happened? Has he just pulled my nuts off?" And then just at the top. Of your where your pubes are, what do you call that area? I call it the fupa. The the pubic zone. Yeah. So I pushed down and they both dropped out Ooh. mid mid game. And wow. then it was that I went, brilliant. Got a party trick, sorted. So you can now do it on demand. So now I can do that, yeah. Wow. I, c- I won't do it now for hygiene. It's quite a confined spot. Did it just that drop- was that was did, one was of that them dropping <laughs> that was one. one. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they disappeared, did they retreat of their own volition? Were they was there, were they conscious that they were in danger and they went, listen, I'm out of here, or was it the pressure of the forearm of the second row that forced them into an aperture? It's funny you ask that because I haven't asked them whether they actually retreated or they were forced into hiding. You must yeah. have had so much going through your mind, like you it know, was. What, what would you tell your wife? You know what? You know all this stuff. Like yeah, she doesn't know. No. Well, she'll probably know now. No, she won't. Cause she's not going to listen. But if she, let's say you'd, that you'd lost them. Completely. Then, yeah, they've, yeah, they've gone. This, this, this is the scenario, Spoon, isn't it? And then you've had to go back to your wife and say... Hello! Yeah. How are you <laughs> doing? Some bad news. The bad news is I've lost my testicles. The good news is that we won 23-18. Yeah, that, in my household, mate, that's not going down very well, in the slightest. Priorities. She, she despises my job. She absolutely <laughs> despises my job. She'll be like, mate, you've done this, doing that. Look, you need to sort that out and get your nuts back because get the nuts we back. need them. All right? I was like, all right, fine. And that was my phone falling on the floor, not my nutsack, just to clarify for anyone listening. Spoon, you know there's, there are certain quotes in history, well-known quotes, and they're famous because of the occasion. Sometimes they're famous because of who said them. But actually, if you listen to the way they're performed, they could probably be better. So think about <laughs> Neil Armstrong, right? <laughs> He's the first man in history on the moon. Apparently. Yeah, if you believe, etc, etc. Yeah, yeah. Flat Earth? Not for me. So Neil Armstrong, 
he's a hugely talented man. He's an he's a test pilot. He's a genius. He can land this super complicated lunar module with a computer which is basically smaller than most people's mobile phone. But when he delivers this epic line, arguably the most important line in human history, it's a bit flat. So if you were the first man spoon, you step out of the lunar module, you've got your spacesuit on, <laughs> Houston in your ear, you know what you're going to say, because let's be honest, that line for Neil Armstrong was written long before he got to the moon. You're the first man on the moon. What are you saying? This lump of rock is now mine. <laughs> Own it. So what are you doing to claim it's yours? Like having a wee behind a, a, a mountain or... <laughs> Something like that, yeah. One of the craters yeah. that, that's there. Okay. So you wouldn't say... What does he say? One small, one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. That actually was really good. I've, no, got, I've got a friend who owns a voice agency called Spoons Voices. Wow. And I will put you in touch because I think you have the voice and the talent to do it. Spoon, I'm going to give you another one here. Yeah, let's do it. Line from Forrest Gump. Yeah, you've got to say it angry, haven't you? Yeah, do something different with likes, it. Yeah, just be like... I don't like angry... No, yeah. I don't like yeah, angry... Yeah, you, you do. No, you love it. You love it. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> <sighs> Lieutenant Dane. Lieutenant Dane. That wasn't bad again. That was like, decent. Is it Dan or Dane? Lieutenant Got that Dan. southern... Oh, yeah. Turn it day. We got Bubba Grump. We got Bubba Grump, shrimp, shrimp, shrimp Gump. We got Double Shrimp Still. We eat the shrimp. Not that. that it's quite... nice, good, yeah. Thanks, Thanks. It's really good. You, could, you guys are actually really good. Hey, Tom. <laughs> How good is this going? I think it's going quite well, Joe, but. Why you won't know... you do the voice too, please? This studio, Joe, costs £94. An hour. It's gone up by four pounds. I may be incorrect with the ninety-four pounds, but we need some adverts to pay for this studio. Join us again shortly. After this short break. Well, it's a quiz, but this time it's a podcast. Yes. With me, Mikita Oliver. I was gonna go with that at first, you know. I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh, how many edges does a twenty p have? Oh, uh, oh my gosh! Oh my god, I'm doing so badly. We will quiz, we will chat, and then we will repeat forever. Just search "quiz chat repeat" in your podcast app. Enough of that. We need to get on with the show. Stop messing about, Tom. With your experience of the commercial world, Spoon, yeah. if we're going to try and match Joe up with a, a product in the commercial sphere, what are we looking at? Man, it'd have to be some high-amped pre-workout, post-workout <laughs> thing. Come on, guys! Is that how I've presented? Yeah. That I would match up with that? Go match your energy, man. Energize. you got to roll it back. Roll it back a little bit, Joe. <laughs> Yo. Oh, you listen what you but maybe actually maybe you could sell like sweaters for those you know those dogs that you carry in your handbag and on the around your chest the little tiddlers chihuahuas chihuahuas Chihuahuas. you could maybe do like muscle vests for those those things for the dogs yeah okay joe i don't know what's going on joe your line is so the the commercial begins and it's a close-up of a little chihuahua's face and everyone's thinking oh cute chihuahua the camera pans back and it's a chihuahua in a muscle vest and your line is Muscle vests for chihuahuas. In my voice. Whatever voice you, what you feel. In the voice that I can own it. Yeah. Muscle vests for chihuahuas. 
Muscle vests for chihuahuas. Nice. Yeah? Yeah, I'll buy a couple of them. The <laughs> trouble is, I have to put on voices. Like, that's what I... I love accents. On It's one of my favourite things. And it's actually one of the most annoying things when meeting people, especially a lot of my teammates, past and present. Like, we've got a lot of South Africans at the moment. Like, hard, really Dutch-speaking Afrikaans. Afrikaans. So it's quite an aggressive language which amazes me because it's dutch south african but when you think of the dutch people they're like laid back and yeah they're quite and they are just gonna smock on a pancake and no but the dutch have that uh sort of aggressive side to them as well who's that then that's angry dutch football coach who's absolutely furious that this guy i've told him to mark up at the corner and he's gone down the other end i'm not overly comfortable how much you've spat <laughs> trying to do that impersonation can i have a blast of your afrikaans hello it's a good start. Welcome <laughs> to the United Republic of South Africa. <laughs> I know, I used to get people all the time, they'd be like, oh my God, Nelson's... Oh, Was Star that kind of a bit Jar Jar Blinks as well? Maybe there's Star Wars. In was it? <laughs> was it? I don't know, maybe. Well, that was, you know, a little honour to you and your Star Wars. Now, you know, <laughs> maybe it was, I don't know. I once Googled, uh, like, speaking Scottish, because I want to get into Amdram at some point. So, uh, I'll have my haggis on a silver plate. That's for me, Spoon. That started well and tailed off. Did it? Yeah. So this is what I love my haggis on the silver plate. Yeah, that, that, that you kind of went Jamaican. You went very Jamaican like, at the end. Then, yeah, well, yes. that's like, it's like, funny you bring R- that Rusty up. Lee. I'm showing my age now. Rusty Lee, do you remember her? Yeah, cook. Yeah, Caribbean cook. Yeah. What she was half Scottish, half Caribbean. Maybe not, but you reminded me of her just in terms of the way you delivered that voice. There it was really I love good. My haggis on the silver plate. If she sounded like that, mate. <laughs> I'm worried. Steve, sort it out. Get a little soundbite for us of Rusty Lee, see if you can find that. So the main thing in this jerk is the allspice, which has got that lovely flavour. Some people say it's Jamaican pepper, but it's not pepper because it's not hot. It's got a mild flavour. This is it here. Smell that. Mm. That's the allspice. Thank you, Um, Steve. (laughs) She's brilliant. Do your plate thing again. I'll have my haggis on silver plate. See? Yeah. Rusty Lee. I'll give up on that one. Um, but also, like, what's it? Oh, the Welsh. I like Welsh ones. Harry Potter, how are you doing? Harry Potter, how are you doing? What was the second bit? What was that second bit? Harry Potter, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, he's, so a, that, he's a Welsh... Man, he's Welsh a, New York. He's a Welsh gangster. Welsh right. mafia. You know, Mickey Blow. The Taffia. Mickey Blow eyes. You know, he's come from all the way from the New Jersey. Now, <laughs> now you've gone Russian. <laughs> It's going to Russian. Like Joe's tour of the world. Nice. That's what I mean. Okay. Mate, you you name the country. i got the voice. Go. Canadian. Hey, man. <laughs> it's really nice to see you here at the Viagra Fo- Niagara Falls. <laughs> Did you know that there was a woman that survived the fall? She got in a barrel once and she pushed herself down the falls and she survived, man. It's more American for me, that spoon. Uh, it's North America. All right, here's one for you. People can bash out an Aussie one. They can have a pop at a South African one. Kiwi. Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, don't be an egg. Oh, cuz, John Fush and Chops. Is there a line for a, like, a, situ- a social situation that, that I might find myself in or Joe might find himself in? Let's say Joe is late for England training. You've got to call Eddie Jones. Mate! So the phone's ringing. Hello, Joe, mate. What's happening? Why aren't you training? The other blokes are here. Why are you not here, Joe? I'm like, Eddie, I know you think I'm late. And if I was late, that would make me a helmet. <laughs> but the thing is, I've got two sweaters. One for you, one for me. 
One for your chihuahua, actually. That's three. <laughs> He's got a chihuahua. He's got a chihuahua. No, what are the chances? What are the chances? <laughs> Sorted. <laughs> Sorted me out. Mate, I'll be late all I want now. Just got to get in those... <laughs> Just got to get in those muscle vests for him and Annie. Sweet. There you go, mate. Don't be a mug. All right. That's, that's exactly it. Mug. I'm, look, I'm so proud of you. Mug, thank you, mate. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're turning into a snooker commentator. What snooker commentator? You go, oh, and he's just hit the red off the base you can, and then you can knock can the black in. Quieter. Quiet. They're all like ASMR, aren't they? Oh, so you mean the autonomous sensory meridius response spoon? <laughs> yeah. Is that the, what you're talking about? That... ASMR business is massive right now. People need it to go to sleep. People need it to stay awake. They, people listening to people eat food or just whisper, listen to me. I'm just going to tell you a story. So is that something you, 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 you've gone down or you're going down or thinking about going down? Because it's now I'm talking about rabbit holes. I have thought about it. And then I thought, is it creepy? Is it just weird? Or maybe I could combine the two, right? And, and get the snooker involved and just be, he's, he's lining up now on the black as he goes to win that. You still managed to sound sexy, whispering, and I have an erection. (laughs) But my nuts are inside me. (laughs) Work that one out. It's magical, man. It's magical. (laughs) So, so good. Honestly, I've been blown away. When I was talking to my wife about some of the guests, I said, oh, I've got... This guy called Spoonface, he was born with that name, was he? I went, no, I don't think so. His first name's Elroy, which, can I ask, Yeah. why Spoonface? You know, when I was doing a lot more creative stuff musically, you look into a spoon, you get something different coming back at you, and that was always my approach with writing songs and creating music, uh, and that's just what I'm about. Most people called stuff because of the way they look or something, and I went... You haven't got a spoonhead, so <laughs> I can't work that one out. I'm called croissant because people think I've got a French pastry for a nose because it's all bent and a bit folded over. So they go, oh, I like croissant. So usually it's a physical feature. So I was expecting you to come in all silver. But Elroy, I really like that. Thank you. I've got to thank my parents for that one. Elroy. Hi, I've been Elroy. Spoonface pal. And the interesting thing about that is there aren't many Elroys. I think growing up, it was Elroy Jetson or something. Yeah. Cartoon. I think every 10 years or so, I meet another Elroy. <laughs> what, what year are we at? Oh, uh, I think probably last year I met one. So we've got another nine years or something. I'm the only one you need to know. Oh, there we go. Gets back every time. It's so it? persuasive. Like, is there ever a point, Spoon, where you get tired of using your voice? This is the thing. This is just my voice. Of course, every now and again, you pump it a little bit more. But this is my voice. Is This is just me. And I know I'm asking really shit questions. Oh, not at all. Listen, I'm loving this. What about... So sometimes when I get a cold caller, you know, like they're trying to sell you something or... Well, I'll talk to him. Oh, hiya, Diane. How are you doing? Yeah, hi, Mr. Marlowe. We're trying to... I said, yeah, cool. But you have the ability to scare the life out of them. I don't actually like scaring people, though. No, but you have the ability. Yeah, of course. It's there. and It, it comes out every You night. do not ring me on this number anymore. <laughs> or I will smite you like... Who smited people? Thor. Thor. <laughs> also, there'd be... To flip that one round... Surely the greatest asset for a call centre would be someone like Spoon. Because let's say, Joe, you don't want a new mobile phone tariff. You're convinced of that. Spoon comes on the phone, starts talking to you about a, a new mobile phone tariff, 
And that reminds me, when I was about 16 years old, trying to get a summer job, I actually had a job selling double glazed windows. You'd be there in the call centre room and you'd have a chat beforehand with your team leader about how many leads you got getting and all that. And you'd have to go through your list and phone everyone. I'm calling from Denver Glaze. Do you need any windows? Very different voice back then. Um, <laughs> Who was that? I have no idea. But the thing is, they'd always mess it up when you're just there and they're like, come on, you lot, we need to get those leads in! <laughs> and uh, it wasn't always as straightforward as you'd like, but yeah. Oh, that's so good. Mate, if you ever sold or attempted to sell me anything or wanted to sell me anything over the phone, just for the record now, if you do in future want it, I'll buy it. Perfect. Whatever you're selling, I'm buying Spoon, just and we should say before we ask you to do this, Joe. If people are going to listen to this in their car, this is probably the point. So, just pop your car into a car park, pull off the road. Because Spoon, could you do your voice that's designed to send people to sleep? If Joe was stressed before a Big England game, couldn't get to sleep, he just needs a couple of words, a couple of sentences, just to send him off. I want you to close your eyes and take yourself to a moment in your life where you felt the most gratitude, you felt the most received love exists in that place let it swirl around you on the inside all around you and now just take your toes as if you're pulling up grass and squeeze just squeeze and hold for five four three two and release and as you release let go of all that tension all that negativity all that you don't need in your world and allow yourself to be filled that space to be filled with all that gratitude. That did work until you then went, allow yourself to be filled. And the first thing that came into my head instead Best of you, filled. gratitude, was my penis. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I went, oh, fuck. And I've done this before because my, my mother-in-law, she's into meditation and she's quite zen and all that lot. And she tried doing meditation with me and my wife once. And I got the giggles. Like After five minutes, she's like, picture yourself climbing the stairs and <laughs> trying to reach for this candle thing and you know when you get the giggles and it was gone anyway she lost her shit <laughs> don't you ever ask for my help again don't belittle all my meditate all the things just get out now and i got that when i shut my eyes and you started talking but because you've got such an incredible voice and she's got a really shit voice you brought me back and i calmed down now I feel like it's the right time to say goodbye. <laughs> Spoon, well, Joe is a little sleep. Could you just read that final line for us? It's quite early on in the sure. I don't want to wake him up, but... The Joe Marler Show with Tom Fordyce and Elroy Spoonface Powell. Please listen to it. Ah. Uh, yeah? Woohoo! That's insane. Elroy, thank you. Spoonface. I think, can I call you Spoonface now? You could call me Spoon, bro. It's all good. Yeah, Spoon. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been really, really amazing getting to know you and, and your story. And thank you. Listen, I've had such a great time. And uh, you guys keep smashing it. Absolutely loving what you're doing. Then, what do you reckon, Tom? I'm so self-conscious, Joe. Why do we go all breathy when we're trying to do the voice? I think it's more intimate. You're going close. <clears throat> I'm back to playing snooker got a difficult shot here, queuing over the red. Pink screw back into the bulk cushion. And he's knocked the blue in! <laughs> he's knocked it in! There's a penalty! Foul for and a miss, Marla. 
So that is the end of the episode with Elroy Spoonface Powell. And the reason I am talking like this now, Tom, is because he has inspired me to speak like this from the morning I get up, from the moment I rise, to the moment I don't rise. (coughs) And I can speak both seriously and powerfully and softly and lovingly and... And also really sad and upset about stuff. And, oh. and also, and just hello, hello, mate. How are you doing? Great thing. Because he's been brilliant. Absolutely loved him. Do you know where else he's brilliant, Joe? A podcast called Death of a Sports Star. Episodes about Kobe Bryant, Payne Stewart, Marco Pantani, Flojo, John Alomu, Jonah Lomu, John, whatever way you want to say it. New episode out every Monday. Just search for Death of a Sports Star. That's the good news, Joe. The bad news is. I'm running out of jingles. No! Well, it's hard. It's not easy. Well, why don't you let me... No, I am no. I can't do jingles. I haven't got musical bone in the body, but why don't we try and get the listeners to do some? Yeah. If they record them somehow... Yeah. You've got an email address, which is joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Not particularly original, but I'll take it. joe at crowdnetwork.co.uk. So send us... Your jingles. Send us your jingles, please. Or don't. Just send them if you like to at that email address Tom's just given. But don't send them if you don't want to. I'm not forcing you and I'm going a little bit Welsh. (laughs) Next week, Joe, we are going to be speaking to a sports psychologist. (laughs) And breathe out. Cool. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.